Welcome to Leveling Up the Podcast with Alethea Tucker. I'm so happy that you're listening today. My goal is to bring something new, something promising. I plan to bring conversation, resources, and wisdom around the things that are holding us back from going for our best. We'll talk about everyday life and careers. I'll bring us dialogue designed to dig deep and identify our passions. We'll talk about the limits that you need to let go of and the promise that you need to grab a hold of. I'll interview women who bring valuable insight to the table. We'll have opportunities for Q&A and we'll talk resources to help along the way. There are levels to this and we'll hit them all starting at the ground floor. We all have dreams and now is our time to level up. Ground floor. All my life I had to fight. If you've seen the color purple, you definitely recognize that quote. Sophia tells this to Celie, You know, I've learned that people will fight for what's important to them. It doesn't matter if they're fighting for the wrong thing. If it's of value to them, people will stand, even fight for it. I once witnessed a woman stand up for her daughter who had vandalized a home. In court, the mother's entire focus was on the fact that the homeowner didn't have to press charges. What about the fact that this child vandalized the homeowner's property? Time and time again, we've come across people who stand up for a cause they believe in, items that they believe they're entitled to, or just living life in general. Those standing up for certain privileges are the most dangerous to your well-being. Their fight can often leave you lacking. Been there, uh uh-huh, and done that. Like Sophie, do you feel like all your life you've had to fight for you? I often leave myself open. People will stand up for any and everything with one exception. They don't stand up for you. And in getting what they need, often you're left fighting sometimes just to survive often fighting to coexist. I've learned that pushing for me is a necessity. If I don't push for me, I run the risk of no one pushing for me. I'll do a little here, a little there, a little everywhere to the point where there is little to nothing left for me. I've learned to say no more frequently. I've learned that I matter and a healthy relationship can deal with a no. Your affirmation. Today, starting right now, I'm going to push for me. I will take care of me. I will realize that whatever change I need to make in my life is vitally important for me. I will stand in the midst of adversity. I will turn a deaf ear to the negativity that has held me hostage for so long. I will pursue the wisdom, the courage, the faith, and the strength that's needed to change me. 
I will reinvent to be the best version of me that I can possibly be. I will not stand for me, not just to survive, but going forward, I'm standing strong in order to thrive because standing up for me is the best stand I'll ever take. Main level. Welcome to Leveling Up the Podcast with Alethea Tucker. You know, today we are continuing our series where we're highlighting and placing emphasis on the co-authors of the book that is being released next month, Reinvented to Rise. And today with me, I have Paulette Holloway Rush, and she'll be talking to you a little about her chapter, telling you a little about herself, and just sharing her heart about being reinvented to rise. Paulette, welcome. Well, thank you, Alethea. It's so wonderful to be here with you. Yes, I am thrilled. You know, uh, true disclosure here, Paulette and I have known each other a very long time. Uh, We are sisters. (laughs) Not by blood sense, but definitely uh, in spirit, we are truly sisters. We've known each other for quite some time. And when we were pulling the book together, there were some very specific people. I kind of prayed and, you know, asked who is it that really should be a part of it? And she definitely popped up. So I was real excited when she said, absolutely. So I'm real happy to have you, Paulette. Thank you. Thank yes. You. Yes. Yes. So of course I know all about you. Well, why don't <laughs> why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Um, you know, tell and don't forget to tell us about some of the things that you're doing now. Okay, so let's see. I'm, I have to decide how far back I want to go, so I can. <laughs> who, who shall remain innocent in this conversation? So, but. I do think I want, I want to just share a little bit about my beginnings so that um, I can encourage somebody who might just think that, um, you know, life is too tough for them to accomplish some successful goals. I mm. want to say that, you know, at, at an early age, when I was in high school, graduating high school, I became pregnant and lost a full scholarship that I had to a very prestigious HBCU but uh, because of the grace of God, I was able to get another full scholarship after my son was born and mm-hmm. ended up graduating with honors. But in that that three years that I graduated with honors, I struggled and commuted and hitchhiked and did everything I needed to do to get that first degree and then went on um, you know, to get a second degree in, in social work, um, commuting the whole time. And I throw that in deliberately because... There are some women who think that, you know, after they've possibly, you know, become a single parent or they've gotten, you know, in and out of a bad marriage or the finances have just been a little funny that, you know, it's too late. So I just wanted to encourage somebody with that just little tidbit. But to to fast forward, 
Um, I was married and in a marriage that was a physically abusive marriage. And I ended up running away from home, basically, and fleeing my, the area that I lived in Virginia and coming to Washington, D.C. And that's how I would have this great honor to get to meet Alethea. We mm-hmm. ended up in the same church. And um, so I have been in Washington, D.C. for um, 40 plus years. Raised children there, um, you know, stepchildren and children that I kind of fell across and, and some other children, just, you know, seven children all total. I've, I've raised seven and survived people. I have yeah. 11, <laughs> 11 wonderful grandchildren. But in the midst of all of that, I, I, I just had amazing opportunities. God just opened doors for me and I had amazing opportunities to get into um, to employment. I ha- I've never in all of my years, I have never looked for a job, except my first time when I came to D.C., I, I, I went into the phone book, found an agency, called it, got hired pretty much on the spot. And since that day, though, I've had about six jobs in my career. I've never since that day looked for a job. God has just always opened the door for me for the next one. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the state in DC, um, came through another marriage that was not good for me. Um, ended up becoming divorced even after, you know, all the church people told me that I should stay and take whatever I was getting because that was God's will for my life. Mm-hmm. I ended up, um, not heeding to that and was single for 22 years, had raised sons and, and gotten them, you know, in college, through college, seen, um, stepchildren through college. And, and just, you know, growing in ministry, having an opportunity to travel, to uh, travel abroad as a missionary, went um, foreign missions, you know, all over the world for, you know, about 15 years. Just an amazing life, minding my business. And then one day, God threw a monkey wrench in my world. And he had a friend of mine to call me and say, girl, I got somebody I want you to meet. I said, you have lost your mind and I don't want to meet anybody and please get off my phone. And needless to say, that obviously didn't stick. It must have fallen right off the wall like loose spaghetti because here I am. I will be celebrating three years of being married on the 30th of this month in two days. So that's me quickly in a nutshell. Yes. yes. And let me tell you, I just smile every time. I hear you tell that story about uh, not or someone being crazy because they thought you may want to meet someone. This union is so beautiful and just so, so awesome. I marvel every time I see the two of you. So thank God for what he's done and and for ignoring the fact that you didn't want to meet anybody. <laughs> uh, God and his jokes. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So let me ask you another question. What advice? um, Well, before we get to that one, let me ask this. Why did you decide to be a co-author in this book? I mean, other than the fact that I asked you and, you know, you thought maybe you had something to share. Why did you think that being a co-author in Reinvented to Rise was something that you really wanted and needed to do? Well, you know, and of course, at first, the, the, the concept of reinvention totally intrigued me. And when I, I thought about that just even a little bit, I didn't have to go really deep. I, I thought about how my whole life has been a life of reinvention. Mm-hmm. And so it just seemed 
to fit. It just seemed to be a perfect fit. I, mm-hmm. you know, I thought about all of the different stories I could possibly, st- you know, include in, in a chapter. And, and most of the stories were just so full of life. I couldn't figure out how to um, shave them down to a chapter. But you know, in, even in, in that, I was still excited about having an opportunity to just share a little teeny bit of my story so that hopefully some other woman could, could know that, you know, you can be beat all the way down, but you still have that opportunity. You still have enough fight in you to come up out of there and, yeah. and to reinvent yourself so that you can succeed. And I think that was what really motivated me. I mean, aside from the fact that I, I have indeed um, had the privilege of writing you know, two other books myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I, and I'm, I'm a published author, you know, uh, from, from earlier days, but it just sounded so exciting to be a part of, I mean, what this feels like to me is like sisters have come together and linked arms and say, let's just yeah. get together and tell a bunch of folk that, that our differences so that we can, can encourage, you know, a variety of women. So all of that kind of influenced my decision. Yes, you sum that up so well. And it feels just like that. These women who have come together are so excited about telling their stories and just telling other women, you know, I did this and believe me, no matter what your circumstances look like right now, whatever you've gone through, you can reinvent and be all the better for it. So it started out, you know, as an anthology. And I mean, it's still an anthology, but the camaraderie and just the sense of sisterhood is there and just the desire to put what we know out there so that we can make others better. That mm-hmm. is that is a huge piece of mm-hmm. what this is. We're saying it's a movement. You can mm-hmm. reinvent a rise. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. So what advice do you have for other women who need to reinvent? I think maybe the first thing I would say is believe in yourself, sisters. Mm. Believe in yourself, because that's what makes the difference. I mean, I'm thinking even all the way back to, you know, when I when I missed that first scholarship, I knew that there was something in me more than just being a single mom, you know, down in in the rural Virginia and and being like stuck there forever. I just knew in me there was more than that. Mm -hmm. So there was this there was this fight in me that came about as a result of just believing in myself and and for every challenge that I faced along the way and in in all of these many years that, you know, that I've been facing them seemingly every turn, it's always been this thing in me that I think God has something in me that says survive, that says fight, that says push. And so, you know, I would say believe in yourself and then believe that you can get it done we get so defeated so often because we look at a situation that just seems impossible. So we won't start that new business. We won't mm-hmm. start that ministry. We won't. We won't go back to school. We won't uh, say yes to that that marriage proposal. You know, we see all these obstacles, and I would say, stop looking at the obstacles. Yes, and just, and just look at what what's in you that says, I have this great thing in me that I can contribute to somebody else's good, 
Sometimes it may be a marriage or it may be, you know, a, a book or it may be a new career. I mean, I don't care what it is. It is limitless, but just believe that that is in you and it is good and you can share it with somebody else. Absolutely. Ooh, that's good. That That's good advice right there that you can share with somebody else and believe that it's good. It's in you. You are enough to do whatever it is you need to do. You are enough for the world and the world is waiting on you to do some things. I don't think people always realize that, you know, they just figure that, you know, they are a certain way or they do a certain thing, you know, for selfish reasons. But I truly believe that God gives us things to do, even if it's like we're doing right now, speaking Mm -hmm. into some other, you know, some other woman's life, that is a job that we have that he's counting on us to do. And so holding back, you know, it prevents us, prevents us from going forward, but we're also preventing other women from going forward. And I so, think sometimes we need to talk about it because what we perceive as a negative and that we don't want to share it. We don't want to be that, that uh, vulnerable. You know, we don't want to want to be that transparent because we think it's a right. negative you know, that even that thing, you know, from, from, you know, being, being pregnant in the 12th grade, you know, people mm-hmm. that that's not necessarily something that you want to go telling everybody, you know, but that in itself can say to some other young lady, girl, you can do it. But yeah. I just think about the other stuff that, um, you know, we, we learn those negative things that we learn about ourselves, girl, you too dark, girl, mm-hmm. your hair, girl, you too skinny, girl, you too fat. You know, all that stuff that somebody else puts on us that's a lie, I think all of those things can be used to help some other sister. Girl, I had kinky hair all my life. And girl, all you got to do is get you some of this kind of stuff right here. And your hair (laughs) act right. You know, girl, I've been overweight all my life. Child, just call me a career fat girl. I got some nice clothes. Let me tell you how to work them. You know, whatever that thing is that has been uh, perceived as a negative we can share with another sister and help her feel good about that thing that's in her or, or that 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 describes her. It doesn't define her. It just yeah. describes her. That's right. It doesn't that now that's a tweet right there. It does not define you. It just describes you. That's that's it. That's it. And you know, and in many instances or in most instances what other people see that, you know, is what they see, but you are the owner of your true definition. Absolutely. You are the owner of your true definition. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good advice right there. So give us a small teaser. You know, we don't want to give it all away, <laughs> but a small teaser about the story that you share in Reinvented to Rise, you know, and as you're saying with many of us, you know, it is a compilation of stories, Mm -hmm. but, you know, just kind of give us a little about what you talk about in the book. Well, what what I try to do in in this little brief story is is to to show what it looks like Mm -hmm. when you live a life that's uh, dictated by your principles and your principles that may not necessarily be popular or convenient, but that you live by them. So sometimes you get backed into a corner and have to live it out. And mm. so uh, it's just a it's just a small peek 
and how living out those principles, whatever yours are, sisters, how living them out is going to require some faith. It's going to require some courage and it's going to require some willingness to grow in order to succeed. So I just give a, a few examples of, of, of how this principle applies to your professional life, to your personal life, to your social life, to any life. If you stand for something, then you may indeed have to live out what it looks like to stand for that, but you can do it. And in the meantime, when you make that stand, you just might end up having to reinvent yourself because the stand that you take costs you more than you thought you'd have to pay. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Wow. Yeah. That right there is a, so faith, courage and growth are the emphasis in this chapter and realizing that, you know, if you stand for something, you know, the saying that says, if you, you either stand for something or you fall for anything, Mm -hmm. but if you stand for something, it may just require a good bit. You may have to reinvent to go ahead and Go be able to continue to stand for what's important to you Absolutely. and to survive. Absolutely. In I mean, and, and, you know, the, the chapter that I, that I actually recorded was really kind of reflective of a few that I had lived. And in almost every case, I lost. It mm-hmm. looked like I was losing everything for standing up for my principles. I mean, in one job, you know, I got, I quit. Another one, I, I was about to be fired, you know, I, because I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't budge from, from my place of principles. And in the end, you know, I started off by saying earlier, I have never looked for a job in every mm. instance. God would open a door for me to move into another job to do something I had never ever done before in my life. And I just would go into that thing and reinvention would start. And it just mm-hmm. have been how I lived for, you know, for, for uh, several instances in my life. So mm-hmm. again, just but the one thing I knew was that I had enough guts to go into the fight. Right. Go into the fight, prepared to win, prepared yes. to win, even when it looks like you weren't going to win. Yes. But, you know, just the assurance of knowing, again, that you're standing up for what you believe is important and just the principle that, you know, you have the courage to do that. Because, I mean, let's face it, we 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 lack a lot of things sometimes and, and negative beliefs, you know, stuff that we've, like you said earlier, stuff that may, we may have been fed as children or anything contributes to our belief in what we can do and how far we can take things. So to be able to have the courage to go ahead and, and, you know, possibly lose that job, uh, have the faith to know that the Lord will provide that, that takes something right there. And that's definitely a true, a true indication that he is, you know, giving you that courage because I know there's some things right now in and of myself, I surely wouldn't do. I would talk myself out of many things. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's probably why it took me so long to reinvent with some things. <laughs> but, you know, I was, okay, it took me a little bit. I was a little slow and, you know, didn't totally believe who he said I am. But um, the important thing is you, you've got to have the faith to know that if he's put it in you, 
If it is where you're supposed to go as a part of your purpose, then you've got to step into it. Take that chance, you know, go in scared. It's okay. Yeah, believe me, been there doing that. <laughs> yes, yes, go in scared. It's okay. It's okay. You know, one of the things I also noticed about, you know, my personality type that might might be a sister out there who can relate to it is I tend to respond to provocation. Because see, like you, I can be a little slow. And so I tend to respond to provocation. You know, I, I, I can take it until I'm provoked. Right. And once I once I get to that place where I'm provoked, then you can kiss me goodbye because I'm out of there. I'm done. You can't reason with me. I'm 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 I, it's a wrap. It's so over. sometimes God will set it up so that we are just up to our nostrils in taking mm. whatever that thing is that we need to change. And we're chicken and, you know, we've, we're right. compromising or we're letting somebody else talk us out of it. And he'll say, let me make this fire so hot that girl's mm. can So a lot of times <laughs> I find that I respond to provocation. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Because he kind of forces us to, huh? Uh-huh. Uh (laughs) he forces us to Mm. all right so let another question here for you Mm -hmm. what do you now offer you know what do you offer to the world as a reinvented woman and I know you shared with me you know you've probably reinvented a couple of times (laughs) but right now you know, right now is a reinvented woman. What can you say you offer the world? You know, I, as, as I think about it without, you know, even remotely trying to sound arrogant, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that I have come to such a place of wisdom that I can mm-hmm. share that wisdom with the young and the old, you know, I've learned some amazing life principles, you know, and, and, and I am, I am so willing. One of the things that I am is I'm, I'm generous when it comes to sharing what I know. I have never been that person to know it and not try to help somebody else with it. But even, even knowing that I think is, is a gift. And I think that I have the gift of wisdom. And mm. I also think that, that, you know, my, my dad used to say to me when I was growing up, he would say, baby girl, common sense is not that common. Yes. And I True. think that I have common sense. Mm-hmm. I have this ability to reason. You know, I call myself a logical analytical. Yes. <laughs> and so I can offer that to somebody just trying to make a decision. A lot of times what I can do is I can see things from another perspective. And then I just say, have you considered this? Or, you know, because I'm definitely not trying to tell you what to do. I'm not that person. Right, right. But I want to offer you something to think about. And so I think that my gifts to the world are um, a certain level of wisdom slash maturity and um, just practical application to life. Yes. Yes. That's good. That's good. And it's funny you you say wisdom. You know, when the idea about doing this book first came up, I just saw the vision I had was to have people from all walks of life, you know, different backgrounds. And I wanted the 
people, anyone who picked up this book and looked at it, to look at the authors on the cover and be able to say, you know, this person looks like me. I wanted different ages. Like I said, I wanted different backgrounds. And the reason is, I believe, first of all, that all of us over time, we have gained some type of wisdom. You know, the older we are, I think the more wisdom we have. And so we have, uh, you know, ranges in this book from ages, I don't know, 26 to 76. And it's all because I wanted to be sure that when somebody looked at this book, they can say that person looks like me and that story that they're telling or any of the stories in the book I can resonate with because that's how we're going to reach people if we look like them. You know what you what I mean? If we Mm -hmm. act like them, if we deal with some of the same things. So it is just so refreshing and um, so, you know, so much of, of its confirmation to hear that what you feel that you're bringing is that wisdom that you can share with both young and old you know, no matter the age, no matter the background. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want this book to do. So, so that makes me real happy. makes me real happy. So how are you better, Paulette? How do you think uh, that you're better compared to the person that you were before you reinvented? How has reinventing made you a better person? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Uh, Well, number one, I am definitely far more introspective. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I am so not afraid to take responsibility for who I am. And I think what I mean by that is I take full responsibility for my own growth. I take full responsibility for my own peace. I decided nobody else is responsible for my peace but me. Right. But I also know that what what it has caused me to do every time there's a reinvention, mm-hmm. it causes me to take inventory in such a way that I know which things I don't want to bring into the movie and which things that are good in me that I want to cultivate and nurture and, 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 and mature even more. So that introspection, that that honest introspection that, that causes me to take responsibility for me has has developed so much more as I have reinvented each time. And even now, you know, as a new wife, you know, mm-hmm. at three years into a marriage is a very short time, for real. <laughs> but but as I have had to reinvent for this new life, this new season in my life, I have been able to take from those other lives the things that were good about me that I want to bring into this one and those things that I can see now that I just been terrible at that I don't want to do. Mm. And I think as a result of that, I win, but my husband also wins. Right. Right. So, yeah, just being introspective, being willing to take responsibility for who I am, who I was, and who I want to be. 
Mm. Who you are, who you were, and who you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Responsibility is key. Responsibility is important. It's an integral piece of reinventing anyway, because you have to realize that what you decide you want to do, if you know that reinventing is needed, it is strictly up to you. Nobody can do that for you. And you're right. That responsibility is key. You have to realize that no matter what you do, responsibility <laughs> is key. It's it's on you. Absolutely. It's on you. It is on you. So as we begin to wind down here, this has been so good. This has been really, really good. Um, share a little with us about what you're working on now. What are some of the irons you have in the fire? <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Well, I have a brand new ministry that's just getting off the ground, Christian Women's Expo International. And, um, you know, this ministry was really designed just to give women an opportunity to come together so that they could be encouraged, empowered, educated, um, have hope, because some healing, deliverance, mm-hmm. whatever. They stand in, the, in a safe environment with some other sisters. Yes. And so what I've been doing for the last couple of, uh, well, now I guess about nine months, I've been doing a, a, a Let's Talk session where women are just able to just have a conversation about the things that are important to us. So I'm working on that. Mm. Um, being the first lady of uh, of a small church yeah. where I'm supporting my husband. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm singing, I'm doing some things in leadership there. We're just about to do an amazing thing in the community where I'll get to pull into some women in the community. So uh, what am I doing on? <laughs> yes, I can see you are quite busy. And I also know that you're helping hubby out there too in the day-to-day thing. So in the middle of all that, you're also being his assistant in some uh, ways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm his technical support. Right. he's working virtually. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So is there anything else you want to tell us about at all? Anything you want to talk about? Um, You just told us a little about, you know, what you're working on. I always like to ask um, the guests uh, to give us any resources that they would like to put out or something that you think is incredibly important to have for women to have kind of in their back pocket to always be able to pull out and rely on. It could be a book. It could be a group, you know. Um, it could be a, a fellow girlfriend, you know, just any resource at all that you think we as women need to have by our sides. Well, I don't know if it's one that in what anybody else would think is kind of important, but this is an old book. I read it years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And I still rely on it. It's a book called The Five Love Languages. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, yes. 
that that book taught me so much on how to relate to other people who love differently than I do. Mm-hmm. You know, my my walk is one that I want to be known for my love. Yes. And it, 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 I encourage anybody who has not read that book to grab that book, The Five Love Languages. I want to say it's Dr. Chaplin. It's been a long time since I've read it. But it talks about how, how we love. And mm. it helps with it helps with your children, it helps with your parents, it helps with your girlfriend, it helps with your husband, and it helps you to know how you do what you do. And even if you don't 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 believe that you have a love language, if you start paying attention to the things that other people do for you that really make your heart right or the things that you do for other people that make your heart glow, you'll discover that you have a love language too. And if you know what yours is, you can share it with somebody else. Ah, I love that. I love that. And yes, I am familiar with that book and it is a phenomenal resource to have because you're right. It's so important to know the language that you speak, your love language. What is your love language? Mm -hmm. So that you can help others to understand you and you can also understand others. I love that. I love that. Well, we have come to the end, Paulette. My sister, I am so happy that you took the time out to be here with me today to talk about the book. I love you to life. And I'm so glad that we're doing this project together. And I cannot wait to see where we're going to go with this. I know it's going to be awesome. I so agree with you. I am so excited. I'm so honored that you would even think of me for this great project. Absolutely. just humbled to be in in the midst of so many phenomenal women. Uh, So I thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. Are you kidding? You are phenomenal all by yourself. (laughs) Yes, you are. Okay. Well, that's it for this recording. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to The Loft. Resources that are being recommended today come from our co-author, Paulette Holloway-Rush. And the first resource she mentioned during our podcast is entitled The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. The two resources that I would like to recommend that she did not mention are one, Thieves of Intimacy, And the second is Tea with God, Everyday Encounters. Both of these are by our author, Paulette Holloway-Rush. And all of these can be found via Amazon. Okay, we've reached the end of the episode. 
Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. As you catch the elevator down, if you feel so inclined, rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Remember, every day is a new opportunity, and it's never too late to level up. Seven, two, three, four,